Bill Nash has been a musician all his life. Starting as a five-year-old boy soprano, he developed an all-consuming passion of wanting to make music for the rest of his life. Bill began writing music and lyrics in his early teens, and his roots are firmly embedded in what is now known as the singer-songwriter acoustic music genre. Bill is a graduate of Bradley University's School of Music, majoring in composition, and has an almost master's degree from time at the University of Colorado. Bill has been a finalist in the Wildflower Festival Songwriting Contest, regional award winner at the Kerrville Folk Festival, and many others. He's been teaching music for 45 years and has been on staff at the Rocky Mountain Folks Festival and the Kerrville Folk Festival for a decade. He has three CDs available, the first called Mostly True Stories, another called Runs With Scissors, and the new CD, Dreaming Again. Ken Gaines from Anderson Fair says of Bill, I've been listening to the eloquent songs of Bill Nash for a long time now. He's one of those generous spirits that you can't forget. The wind is whispering and the sky is clear. Stars are littering the ground. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a brand new song in one week based on a prompt, and then we talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Bill Nash. Good to be with you, David. Yeah, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Looking forward to it. I know you from uh, the Rocky Mountain Song School. Been a regular there for quite some time. And, and 26 years. 26 yeah. years. That's, that's quite a bit. <laughs> I, lived, and, I lived in Texas, and I made the trip, 14-hour trip up here every August for song school since 1996. You, was it about 10 years ago that you became an instructor, or have you been yeah. an instructor most of that time there? 2008. 2008. It's been a little over 10 years. What is your focus of instruction when you're when you're there? I'm mostly, a, a, well, I do a lot of things. I have, a, I have a, one class that I teach uh, people about uh, using altered tunings and multiple capos on the guitar, kind of a new kind of thing that's come along in the last five or 10 years. And... Uh, I'm on the cutting edge of anything that has to do with altered tunings and a bunch of capos. Uh, I also end up doing uh, four daily mentor sessions uh, during the four-day song school. And uh, generally, I'm teaching people things on the guitar, showing them some possibilities, giving them more tools for their musical tool chest on the guitar. And every once in a while, somebody will ask me a question about songwriting. And I always predicate it by saying I'm not a real songwriting instructor, but I've been to so many song schools and I've watched so many songwriting instructors. I give them some, some ideas that uh, they can take with them and put in their toolbox with the guitar stuff. So it's very rewarding and uh, it's been wonderful to be able to do that for 20, 25 years. Well, you're a considerably accomplished songwriter, so so even if that's not what you specifically uh, teach, you still have a lot of insights. And, and I'm curious specifically about the alternate tunings that you use. How does that influence how you write a song? I'm, a, I'm really, I'm, as far as lyrics go, I'm not as much of a lyric writer as I am a musician and a songwriter and a theorist. I, I have no music theory left and back. I mean, I know just about everything about music theory. And I live, when I went to my first music theory class in college, I just, I just went, oh, it 
this is where I live. And I, and I, I just absorbed it. And it became this thing. So when people would be coming to me uh, at a circle and they'd ask me questions about like, what, what is this chord? And I look at it for a second, I say, that is an F sharp seven with a raised 11. I can just see it. It's it's pretty scary sometimes how easy it is for me to do that. But so what the, what I'm getting around to is the uh, song that I wrote for this for this uh, the prompt that we had. Um, I put this in my guitar in C G C G C D tuning, and it basically made the sonic uh, feel of the song as you'll hear it when push it play button. I do write a lot of lyrics, but a lot of them, I, most of my songs either have something to do with my family. Uh, a lot of them are actual things that happened. Some of them are just uh, love songs with relationships that have gone bad and, or gone good sometimes. And uh, it's been hard to go from a prompt because I almost want to incorporate my own style in a prompt, and it's hard to do that. when. When the prompt kind of takes you elsewhere. Well, let's let's talk more about your 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 regular style. I mean, when you're, uh, I first off, I want to say I'm surprised to hear that you don't consider yourself to be a lyric person because your lyrics are pretty solid. You oh, always thanks. come up with some really, really well drawn stories. I've I've got that part of me that uh, comes off the Harry Chapin song singer songwriter uh, story songwriter kind of thing, and I just. I love to spin those tales inside the lyric, and uh, usually the music also helps to guide me into what I write, because sometimes you hear a, a chord structure go through a song, and it actually has written me lyrics from time to time, so... Hmm. It's so so you, would typically, you would typically start with your song structure, and that would suggest words to you. Are we? Are you thinking more like the chord progressions, or the way that you're picking the strings, or, or when it's when it's telling you what to write? What? How does that work? Well, a lot of times, you know, people ask if you wrote the words first or you wrote the music first, and a lot of times I write the words first. Oh. But I, what happens, like for instance, with uh, when I was in love, that song, I found the melody for that song. By the way, that is my favorite melody that I've ever written so it's a solid melody uh, the day that I got that melody in my head I didn't have anything to write down on so I pulled out a pen and a piece of paper and I dotted out the contour of the melody and it was da 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 I put that in a book and put it in my bookcase and about five years later I, I had just broken up with this girl and I wrote this song when I was in love and I think I went like, oh, oh my God, where's that melody? I went and grabbed it out of my bookcase, and basically that's it. Just the melody, the music was there, waiting for me to find the lyrics. So oh, that happens a lot. Well, let's uh, let's actually since you since you brought it up here, let's let's jump into that song and and talk a little bit more in depth about that. So okay. here we go. This is "When I Was in Love" by Bill Nash. Is which album is this on? This is on Dreaming Again. The last one. When I Was in Love by Bill Nash from the album Dreaming Again. Love's a funny thing 
Sometimes you have it and ignore it At times it's not around when you need it But its memory never leaves you When I was in love The sun was ever brighter when I was in love Skies were always clear When I was in love Everything seemed better Now all I think about Is when I was in love when I was in love Every night was starry When I was in love The moon was always full When I was in love Life was just a playground about is when I was in love Love gets harder as I get older So easy to be said in my way Got a heart that's brimming over Waiting for the one to open the floodgates Just a moment I hope to be in love More than for all time I long to be in love With someone who will love me Now all I think about is when will it be love? All I 
think about is when I was in love. Now that is just a classic sounding song. That is just lovely, absolutely gorgeous. And uh just your 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 singing on that, your voice is just pristine as well. That is just a really great When I wrote that song I, I I used to well I used to introduce that song as my forties torch song. I yeah. was in my forties when I wrote it, so uh-huh, uh-huh. I can call it that as a as a joke. But uh it basically has that same thing with the intro like the old forties torch songs used to have and then go into the song. And it's been like I said earlier, it's my favorite melody that I've ever written, and uh, my voice uh, uh, singing is obviously has been the most important thing to me, and thankfully I I haven't uh, I haven't had any degradation in my voice after all these years. It's just a joy to be able to sing a melody like that. Do you have any? I know this is a songwriting podcast, but do you have any tips to singers? on how to keep their voice, you know, really healthy? Get a good uh, singing trainer. That's okay. the best thing you can do. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. Rocky Mountain Folks Festival, the Song School, uh, there's several that are really expert at that. I, I'm just, I've been living a life for a long time with my voice uh, staying with me. I, I do have to say one of the things about uh, my life that's interesting is that I've had MS for the last 32 years, and uh, I've I've been lucky with my MS because I've never had pain with my MS. A lot of people are in a lot of pain, oh. and I also have known people. I've been running support groups for the MS Society for 20 years, and I've known people who have had lost their ability to speak, garbled garbled speech. And uh, if that happened to me, my, my quality of life would have been zero because I have to sing. And that's been, and it's all been a, a, it's a poker game, basically. And I just got lucky with a good hand. But uh, so all, all that to say, I just, I'd love to sing. and, and uh, You love to sing and you do it well. So it's a good thing. I'm glad. I think that we're, we're all benefiting from the fact that you love singing because you have such a lovely voice. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's my pleasure, my biggest pleasure in life. Well, so you had said that you, you had this melody kind of sitting around, and then you happened to have the, the right life experience that inspired you to, 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 to put together these lyrics. And, I, you know, I'm curious about uh, the way it's constructed. I mean, you, you already mentioned the... Um, the intro part there. I was I was interested in the the repetition of the when I was in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you use that quite a bit, and I think I know sometimes I get a little bit scared about using a lot of repetition in songs. It works beautifully here, but when you're, you know, how how did you feel when you were writing it? What was your thought process when you decided to, to sort of hang on to that hook? Well, the. Uh... The way the lyric was built was coming directly off of this relationship that had failed. And when I was writing down, all I could think of was everything about uh, the relationship that I wanted to bring through in the lyric. 
was all based on when I was in love. And um, that, that really made me want to do that kind of a repetition. And I've had a few songs uh, that I've written over the years that had a lot of repetition in it. And I've had some singing uh, songwriter instructors say, you know, you might want to cut a little bit of that repetition out. But it's, it's just, in this particular case, I, it was just, it fit right in with what I needed to, uh, have, wanted to say. And actually, um, I, Chuck Pyle, the great songwriter from Colorado who passed away a couple of years ago, um, actually, we did a co-write on this song when he wanted to cover this song, but he wanted to rewrite it a little bit. And he wrote a song called When You Were In Love. And I always thought that was funny because he took the the personal, the first person thing out of it and talked about somebody wanting to be in love. I don't know, it's a, it, it was it was kinda weird that uh he kinda turned it into a Johnny Mercer jazz tune from the from the forties and it, it was great. It's a wonderful song the way he did it. Um he didn't really lose any of the when you were in love part that I had in my song. So, hmm. and he used about, he used my last, the last uh, verse, which is, uh, I want to be in love, not for just a moment. I hope to be in love more than for all time. I long to be in love with someone who will love me. Now all I think about is when I was in love. It just kind of, I think if you go back to those songs back in the 40s, you'll hear a lot of repetition of the, of the hook. Um, they did that naturally back then. Yeah. Now we're, we're taught about hooks now, basically. But uh, I'm not sure if there's an... It's uh, and actually Come Home, the second song that, that, that I put on this for you, has a lot of come homes in it because, I don't know, that's the... That was the thrust of the song. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's, I think it kind of comes in and out of style, the amount of uh, repetition you have in, in songs. And, yeah. and, you know, who knows why? <laughs> I, it, you know, sometimes, you know, you, like you said, you have songwriting instructors that'll, that'll tell you one thing, but there are other people that'll tell you different things. And then the history of music will tell you something even different. They'll tell you that Absolutely. there's some brilliant stuff that, that works this way that maybe, you know, completely violates whatever the fashion of the time is. And and I am an individual. Absolutely. I will do exactly what I what I feel is right in my music, for sure. Well, this yeah. was a very effective use of, of repetition, oh, I think. And uh, it, I, I think, yeah, it absolutely draws you into that, that feeling of just kind of, you're just thinking about it. You can't help but think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah I, it's a it's a lovely song uh oh, thank, thank you, you so much for sharing it you bet well you brought up the other song <laughs> uh come home and uh why don't we listen to that and then you can talk to us a little bit about how you put that together okay all right this is come home by bill nash off of what album it's off of uh actually it's an interesting story because it's half of two albums it oh. was on my it was on my runs with scissors album originally as a christmas song for my family it's our family christmas song and a friend of mine at kerrville one time said you know if you change a few words in that song you could that could be a kerrville anthem 
and this particular one is the Kerrville Anthem Come Home. So I use basically the same melody, the same guitar parts, and just a few of the words changed. But it basically, uh, it's, that's basically the whole thing about it is it's, it's two different songs. Huh. I, I have a hard time remembering the Christmas song these days. I have to look at the lyrics because I've sung this song as a, as a Kerrville anthem for so long that it's so much more right in the, in the forefront of my, my brain. So, huh. well, so, well, well, let's take a listen to it. This is Come okay. Home by Bill Nash, the Kerrville anthem version. <laughs> whispering and the sky is clear stars are littering the ground friends and neighbors are all gathered here listen closely to the sound these are times that make our lives worthwhile Spreading love and wishing peace For hopes and dreams of what our loved ones seek Hoping all their dreams will keep Come home to a fire that's always warm Come home to shelter from the storm Sweet, come home to this place of love we meet. Missing friends of ours who are not here. Some have passed, some have gone. Wishing one more chance to whisper love One more chance to sing the song Memories have a way of circling you Reminding of good times long past Feeling love and kindness here and Trying to make these feelings last Come home to a fire that's always warm Come home to shelter from the storm Come home to hugs and kisses sweet Come home to this place of love we
is whispering and the sky is clear. Stars are littering the ground. Friends and neighbors are all gathered here. Look at all the love we've found. We all know we're homeward bound. Well, I understand why they would want that to be the anthem at uh, Kerrville. That's a another another lovely song. Thank you. It's a it's a community builder basically. That's all that Kerrville's all about. It's a community of people who love folk music. And uh, the the guy that told me that I needed to rewrite it as a as an anthem is a he's a booking agent for a lot of songwriters. Uh, in Texas mostly, and uh, I put him off several times when he'd tell me that you need to do, you need to change that song, you need to rewrite it again. And finally, one day, I started looking at it and said, "Oh my God, he's right. It's it just it it just worked." While uh, just thinking of all those people that I love so much that I've known from Kerrville for the last twenty six years of going there too, so. Well, you have a popular uh, uh, song circle there called Camp, uh, Camp Nashville. Is that right? Camp Nashville. Yep. Uh, it came around. Uh, I I started that camp in about 1997, and uh, there used to be a camp about three sites away from my camp called Camp Nashville. Mm. And, of course, it was the superstars and the Nashville people, and it was all the, the hooty sooty people, you know, because they were Nashville and people would come to my camp and they'd say, is this Camp Nashville? And I'd say, no, this is Camp Nashville. Camp Nashville's right over there. Go over there and try to get in a seat there and play them your best song. And after they cast you away, come back over here and play your worst song. That's what I want to hear. And we got a reputation for being totally accepting of just about every kind of song style you could think of. And it's still a lot of people walking around Kerrville say, you got to go to Camp Nashville. It's been my the love of my life. to, And I've recorded every night since 19, gee whiz, since 1998 probably. I've, I used to record all of my circles on mini-disc. Remember mini-discs when they were out long oh, time yeah. ago? I still have a lot of them on mini-disc. And uh, I have... I have, actually have an archive of music here that's crazy. I don't know why I keep it anymore because I'm only going to live another 20 years or so, and I'll never be able to get through all of it and catalog it, but it's just a, it's a joy to be able to listen to those things again. Well, you even had Camp Nashville this year, even though Kerrville didn't meet. You did it online, right? Yeah, we did a Zoom session. We did Zoom circles. Uh, we did about three hours, two, three-hour long circles in the in the spring and then when we did the festival again in october i also did two more there and it felt so much like camp nashville the the feeling that you get when you're sitting in that circle and there's you know nine to twelve people sitting in the circle so you really got to be dedicated to to wait out the next time you're going to get to play a song yeah but 
I've had people come up to me and say, your, your circle always has the best songs. And I just say, thank you. I love it. Well, that's, yeah, the uh, song circles, that's uh, at song school. That's my favorite part is going to the song circles after hours um, and and just going and, and, and hearing all the all the different music. It's amazing how much how different everybody can be and, and still just make some really innovative stuff. I don't uh, remember if you've ever been to the Big Orange Tarp at, at Rocky Mountain, but uh, yeah. have you? Have you said a few times, yeah, yeah. I've done. A, I, I've try, I try to make it at least once every every year. I've only Good. been three years though. I've seen so many people, so it's not easy for me to remember who's all been there. I may not have, I have played been, any memorable songs too. That's part of it. So, I've been recording uh, those circles for since uh, two thousand two for Alan Roweth, who runs that circle. Oh, you're the one who's been doing the recordings. Yes. Okay. I'm the one that does the recordings. Oh, okay. He's been doing video the last couple of years and, and he's got a lot of great videos from around the circle. But I've got uh I've got twenty years of of seven or eight days of circles from around there. So another labor of love for me. Well let's talk um let's just talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of this this song here. Because you said originally you wrote it as a as a family Christmas song, correct? Yes. Yes. So, how let let's talk about how you first wrote that the the family Christmas song was that was it a family did the family help you write it or how did you that know go? it's funny I I was uh, at my parents' house they live in Illinois and I lived in Texas at the time and I started writing this song and and. Uh, I got the lyrics out. I, well, the biggest thing about this song is it's got one of my capo schemes in it. It's mm. uh, it's in standard tuning, but it's got a full capo on the third fret and a three-string capo on the seventh fret from the low note side, the lower sounding notes. And basically, I play in between the capos. I'm also using Travis picking with my right hand, which is one of my distinctive styles. I also teach that. I've taught hundreds of people how to Travis pick and uh, it's a three finger picking style. My mother's watching me while I'm writing all this down and doing this song and I'd, I'd write a little bit and I'd giggle a couple of times because there was something funny coming out and she's, I got done with it and I played it for her and she said, she just looked at me and said, how do you do that? And I just said, well, it came out, it came out right in front of you. You watched me do the whole song. The main thing I really wanted to do with this song when I wrote it was to make sure that people sang along. And I would get them to sing Come Home four times on every chorus in as many three or five or four or five part harmonies that we could get. Hmm. Um, always makes this song a joy to, to have done, do live. It's great. Well, so that's that's interesting. Uh, when you were writing it, were you thinking specifically about that audience participation? Is that something this is custom built for? I think, I think it was a, a a lovely offshoot of what I had because I just basically wanted uh, my family to know that when I come home every year or every other year, that's where that's where my entire life was built, and that's where I want to be. Like for the holidays and after a while and after it became a Kerrville anthem it was so obvious that I needed to accentuate that to make sure that 
everybody did sing along and i've heard some pretty bad uh, harmony parts on it but i've also <laughs> heard some pretty masterful harmony parts on it Absolutely. and that's just that makes me that gives my heart a lot of good feeling well so when you were adapting this to kerrville I, I can see, I mean, I don't know what the original lyrics were, but a lot yeah. of these I, I can totally see as, as being carried over from uh, a holiday song or a Christmas song. Yeah. Are most of the lyrics carried over, or how, how much of a rewrite did you do? Actually, I could bring up the uh, the other version, because it's fairly fairly easy to get to, if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested in hearing what the contrast the the first line of the song was the wind is chilling the wind is chilling on this christmas eve the snow is falling on the ground and then the uh this version the, is the wind is whispering and the whispering. sky is clear stars are littering stars are littering the ground and that basically was the was a nod to all of the great songwriters that go to kerrville yeah um, when you're out in that in that environment at 2:30 in the morning and people are walking around playing songs and there's 32 circles going on in that in wow. on the ranch at at one time so wow. you you know that you're you're sitting at a circle and you know that you're you're this is great this is great but and then you hear somebody cheering over about 100 yards away and thinking well I wish I was over there but I don't want to get up from this cuz this is great <laughs> anyway it's uh those kind of lines so it really is mostly the same song. There's just it you is change the musically, season. Musically, it's the same song. The yeah. melody is the same. All of the guitar work is the same. Nice. But there, there's just a little, it's a little more personal to do it as a Christmas song because my family wants to hear it every year. So <laughs> I still keep that lyric around so I can, because I cannot remember it now. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I understand. I, I tend to be pretty hesitant about adapting a song that I've written for a different purpose than the original one. Now, I don't mind if somebody else does that. If somebody mm -hmm. else wants to kind of do a cover version where they change things around, I'm fine with that. But, uh, boy, I kind of feel like, I always feel like, well, I'd rather just write you a new song. I guess it took you a while. So you were a little bit resistant, but you finally yeah. you finally changed it over. Are there any other songs, or have you have you found felt compelled to do that with any other songs? No, not really. Um, like I said, a lot of the songs I write are, are personal songs about families. I have a song sure. uh, that I wrote called Sheldon and Shirley, and it's a song about two turtles that I used to have when I was a kid. When I was an 11-year-old uh, kid, my sister was four, and I came home from from school one day, and my mom greeted me at the door with a, with a terrible look on her face, and she said, your, your sister didn't, she was curious about the turtles, and she pushed down the turtle and killed it. And then the next week, I went out and got another turtle. It was a female turtle. Her name was Shirley. And about two or three days after I got her, I come home from school again, and my mom's at the door, and she says she did it again. I went to the the bridge of the song. Basically, is uh, I went to the the pet store to get a new turtle after she killed my second one, and there was a sign on the wall. It said, "Turtles sale of turtles is discontinued because of salmonella." They, oh. they were causing diseases 
at least they thought they were. And so I basically said, but I guess it wasn't such a bad thing for them to make me stop getting turtles because it stopped my sister from becoming a serial turtle murderer. <laughs> that kind of thing yeah. comes out, and, and it's almost, almost always for me it's a family uh, happening. It's something that happened in our past. It's kind of like you, you've heard me do Trick or Treat. It's another one. Yeah, of that's songs. a, a about my, fantastic my song. Brother. One of my favorite two years, yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, a lot of them end up being songs about real things that happened. And a lot of times when I'm writing, I, ha I have to, I almost am compelled to find something from my past to incorporate. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't stick. So it doesn't always stay in the song. I usually, it's kind of my way of giving me a, a, a signpost to mm -hmm. start from. Mm-hmm. So, so your your songs are, are are very personal, but sometimes you're saying it it doesn't stick, and and when it doesn't stick, you what what do you put in its place? I usually it's kind of like the it's kind of like the prompt that uh, that we work with here that I chose from the mm. prompts, which I. I started looking at that the one and I, it's the one that you did the expertise quote I can't remember it but you're going to say it we'll, anyway. We'll uh we'll but, yeah we'll pull it up yeah. Yeah, but it's uh um it took me somewhere else when I started to think about what I wanted to write about. Um my signposts if I had them they they just disappeared and I said okay this is going to be something else and it turned out that uh when I, what I was trying to go for on the on the on the prompt song, was something about this life we're living, uh, in 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 the COVID era, in uh, how different it is from the perfect life we used to have when we didn't have to worry about anything, we didn't have to be concerned about things so much as we do now. It just kind of pushed me away from the prompt. And I like that because it made me think of what I really wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that will that will debilitate me in my writing. It'll it'll make me stop and say, okay, well, I'm I'm not going to be able to work on that. But this time, I said, if I don't if I don't walk away from the expertise uh, quote, I'm going to get stuck. And and I already had an idea of what I wanted to write about. And I thought of expertise as being something perfect. And when I started thinking about a perfect life, that's when the lyric for that song finally came out. So you know, and I didn't mean I didn't mean to make a segue again, but oh no, this is this is good. I, I, you know, hey, this is this can be a shaggy dog conversation here. I'm totally fine with going off on tangents. Uh, not that it's really a tangent. It's just we're we're going into the next segment. But yeah. but I you know I. Let's let's talk a little bit about negative inspiration. I, I I have a friend who who always you know we we talk about collaborating on things a lot, and we'll get together and collaborate, and I'll feel like he doesn't like any of my ideas. It's he's just always pushing against whatever I suggest, and I, I you know it gets to the point where I'm like, why do you even want to collaborate with me? You don't seem to like anything that I suggest, and it it dawned on me that he actually, he draws focus 
in contrast to something. So it's almost like I give an idea and he's like, wait, no, that's not the way it needs to be. It needs to be this. But Uh he may not have gotten to that if he hadn't had something that was trying to pull him in another another way. And I, I totally feel like that's the case with prompts. Prompts are something that go any direction you want you know the if 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 the rejection of that prompt is is what inspires you then absolutely do that it doesn't have it, the whole purpose of the prompt is just to get you to write yeah and right. so many people a lot of people struggle with coming up with ideas to write and and i've gotten to the point where well i you know i have a a drill that i do with my uh my housemate where we we pull up just random things and so i've gotten really used to that type of thing but i understand folks that don't and and if you've got a regular songwriting process that really works for you you know absolutely i think that that makes perfect sense to go that direction yeah why don't we why don't we play that song why don't we play that song this is a perfect life by bill nash this is the raw songwriting challenge song this Did you week? want to talk about the prompts? First? Oh, you know we do. We should talk about the prompts first. Talk Thank about you. The prompts, because <laughs> it would be good to know exactly what the prompt was. All right, so I gave uh, Bill four prompts to to choose or reject, choose from or to reject. Uh, the first word was eponition, Epi- or eponition. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, and that means celebrating victory. The random quote is. I like work. It fascinates me. I can sit and look at it for hours. That's pretty funny. That's by Jerome K. Jerome from Three Men in a Boat, uh, 1989, or 1889. Oh. Then there was a random question. What do you hope to be an expert about at some point in your life? And then we had a picture of three hourglasses with different color sand we had yellow sand brown sand and green sand i was intrigued by that by the by the picture but as i looked at it i was trying to figure out i was going to go three sets three verses each different about different subject and as i started working on that it was like oh you know let me go back to that other thing because uh, the <laughs> random question kind of spoke to me a little bit more because I started thinking about what what have I ever wanted to be an expert at and what have I ever you know obviously music has been my my thrust for my entire life I didn't want to write something about music but as I was thinking about that the idea the germ came in my head about a perfect life and the the best thing about this one, and, and this is not my normal style either, but I I think I wrote at least half of the lyrics for this song just waking up out of my night sleep. <laughs> and I usually don't. I know that's a good time to do it. I've done the I've done the writer's way and I've tried to do what they say and, and basically a lot of times they just tell you to write constantly for like two or three pages of stuff and then something will start to come out. Well, that's never worked for me. So I just, I I would kind of ignore that. This time it was like, you're doing it this way. Huh. So a good half of this song came out that way. And and I'm very happy about that because I'm going to do that more because I think it will work better. Because when you wake up in the morning, you're fresh. 
you have a brain that's basically cleared unless you have been rolling and tumbling all night in your bed trying to sleep. But I realized that I had a, a kind of a clean slate to work with. And hmm. uh, I like that. I want to do that more. I'm still not going to be really good at prompts probably ever. Uh, when you're talking about co-writing, it's another one of those things that I've never done. And I've been, I don't know if I've been fearful of doing it. And maybe if I tried it a couple of times, it would, it would be, it would fall into place. I think it would probably fall into place for me. I, I suspect so. Uh, I mean, you're, you're a, you're a really affable guy. I think that you'd probably, probably do well, but I know that for me, I, I was, I had a hard time with co-writing for a long time and then uh i did my song a day january project which i've done for three years in a row where i just write a song every day and it just worked it just ended up working probably because there was a time limit on it you know it, that that i didn't you know we both knew that we had to get the song done and we couldn't spend too much time um overthinking things and i think that had been my experience with previous co-writes co uh -huh. that there was a lot of push and pull I, the other thing is just it depends on the person. I, there's a, People have such different personalities that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But sure. if you, yeah, but I, if you're open to it, you'll, you know, I, I'm sure you'd find some people that just really flowed with. I know that I, I've seen people come out with, with things and then I've thought of things that I could add if I was in a co-writing position. Um, it just makes me think, it makes me feel okay about my writing because that means that I'm coming up with, something unique when i need it so so i'm gonna i'm just gonna give out some unsolicited advice to co-writers out there but hey we're talking about songwriting but well when you're co-writing i i think it goes smoother if you both basically both or all all writers involved if you commit to writing a song for the other person that you're trying to impress the other person that's your goal mm -hmm. i know when i go into a, a co-writing situation my my goal is to kind of write my version of one of their songs. Uh -huh. And I think it just makes it a lot easier if you, if you just give up that, I think that ego right off yeah. the bat and you just say, I'm doing it for the other person. I'm not even doing it for me. I'm bringing my skills and, and talents to, to trying to do something that impresses the other person. And if both people are doing that, then I, I think it just, it just flows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't don't focus on trying to do like the perfect song. Try to do the perfect collaboration. That is the biggest uh, hurdle that I have to go over, and I've been doing it for twenty five years. Is is trying not to write a bad song, and you just got to write some bad songs. You just got to. Well, you had brought that up. This is this is an aside. I, I want to. This was a tangent that I wanted to go off a little bit before, but you said that there was Camp Nashville and Camp Nashville. And that you said, go over to Camp Nashville, play your best song. And when they turn you away, come over here and play your worst song. Mm -hmm. And I know, I, I, I love that because I think there's an art to writing a bad song. And I yeah. oftentimes tell people, if you're having trouble writing a good song, try writing a bad song. And you'll oftentimes find that you get, you know, the process of writing a bad song is 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 sometimes very similar to the process of writing a good song, and you may end up with a good song anyway. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on bad songs and what that entails? I've written plenty of bad songs, but no one's ever going to hear them. And uh, I have actually played a couple of bad songs for songwriting instructors, and 
they basically said, wow, that's really not good. And uh-huh. That's painful to, yeah. to have that. But um, with, with the, the debilitation, the debility, uh, debilitating factors of not wanting to write a bad song or always wanting to write a good song, it's debilitating. Yeah, it it keeps you away from anything, and and it goes takes me back to Julia Cameron saying, "Write, write, 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 just write." I'm learning still. I'm 63 years old, but I'm still learning about things. <laughs> that's you know? and that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> and and I would want to say that I, you know the quote that always comes to mind when it uh, comes to people trying to write a good song is, "Don't let the don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good." Uh-huh. that it's just I, I i've gotten to the point where you know my goal is to write something that's interesting and listenable that's mm-hmm. that's my criteria it doesn't have to be perfect it's just got to be interesting and listenable and if it hits those it hits that criteria then then i feel like i did something successful so uh-huh. but speaking of uh something that's interesting and listenable We're going to listen to Perfect Life by Bill Nash. This is the raw songwriting challenge song that he put together this week. I used to run with the wolves Without a care in the world I ran the plains like the wind A beast, my freedom unfurled Now I'm bound to my home To save my precious life I sit here all alone Remembering what it was like To be able to live in that perfect world Never thinking it would ever end Without any worries about tomorrow I want to live a perfect life again Remember the times we could go wherever we wanted To live a life that pleased us Completely unbounded, no matter what the cost Of our every heart's desire Now we run through the forest Like we're evading a wildfire To be able to live in that perfect world Never thinking it would ever end Without any worries about tomorrow I want to live a perfect life again
Now I can't see my grandparents They're in assisted living Oh, how I wish to talk to them As they live their days alone All the gatherings of our loved ones It's a time to be living apart A life of carefree moments I want to hold it with open arms to be able to live in that perfect world Never thinking it would ever end Without any worries about tomorrow I want to live a perfect life again perfect life again all right i love that song that's i think that's a winner i, I really really like that how, how do you feel about that well the first thing that jumped out at me here was i I'm, I'm not much into getting metaphors into my songs but i metaphored this entire song pretty much hmm. um the idea well running with wolves and and there's a bunch of visuals in there that I would probably not have thought of except for I woke up in the morning that those two days and just those mm -hmm. lines came out and so I knew that um, I knew I wanted to write something about this time we live in and I did also didn't want to be knocking people over the head with it I don't yeah. need to Say you don't need to say COVID, COVID to to get the idea through, and uh, that was my the favorite part about this this uh, lyric was that I, and it's still got some places places that need to have some work done. Um, a lot of the, uh, the 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 melody was really built off of that tuning on the guitar, and. You'll notice that there's a couple of chords on this uh, chord sheet, on this uh, lyric sheet. It says a flat seven, a flat three. That's what the little b is, a flat. Uh -huh. Those are those chords brought, in particular, the uh, chorus together for me to, to, to help me place the melody where it needed to be. So now I'm talking about music again. This is great. No, please do. Talk more. It's... it's I love using a tuning that, that gives me uh, the feelings that, uh, and a lot of times the tunings will write me lyrics. Not just, I'll hear this t sonic thing coming off the guitar and it'll just say, oh my God, that reminds me of, and I'll start writing about it. And it's almost, you know, I've heard David Wilcox say many times that he just goes to the guitar and says, okay, what are we going to write today? And the guitar tells him. And I, I get a little bit of that. He's he's out there in the world. He's ethereal, very mm -hmm. ethereal. I'm I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a, my couch and and I'm I'm pretty grounded. So it's a, but I look at it like uh, let's. There, it just it just gives me gifts all the time. There's still a couple of lines in here that I want to work on, but uh, this is this was a good start for me. Yeah. I usually don't, I don't have this much at two days, two or three days. 
Well, I usually I usually ask folks to do kind of a self critique of the song, mm -hmm. and if you were to try revising it going forward, uh, you've already mentioned a few things, but what would be your strategy? How how just in general, how do you go about revising a song like a first draft of a song? Well, I would first of all I'd, I'd end up going back to the music side of it because there are some phrasings in here uh, vocally that I would I would make some changes there. The biggest problem I have a lot of times with the lyric is writing too many words, as a lot of yeah. us do. Yeah. And and I've I've learned I'm do it I do it a lot better now in the last five or ten years of chunking words, getting them out of the song, getting them out of the way, and letting the phrasing of the song flow through. Um, this one needs a little bit of work with phrasing, which is again it's going to have something to do with taking a word out here and there. I, I, I like the music. I, I'm going to keep the music as it is. I almost wanted this because the first line of the song says, I used, I used to run with the wolves. I almost wanted it to be a little more up-tempo. But when I was playing it, it was, it was making me slow into this dirge-like sound. And, and I, had, I had to work with that a little bit to pull out of that because... I don't want it to be a dirge, but I also know that if I do change tempo on this and make it make it different, I'm going to have to have fewer words in it because they're not going to come off my tongue. They're going to get stuck. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I'm going to look at in, in the future with this song. I'm going to I'm going to see if there's something I can do to change the flow, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's just a couple of other things like a word here and a word there that I, that just is giving me uh, grief right now. <laughs> but um, otherwise, I I kind of like the structure. The, the the each verse basically tells a different story. The first verse is in uh, first person. The second verse is a second person kind of thing and I've had many songwriting teachers say you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that what I love I, doing that yeah that's and, no you're talking about kind of the royal we or whatever this is oh, the, no, yeah no. basically yeah so what I've done here is I've got first person in the first verse second person in the second verse and first person in the third verse and that really just spoke to me this for this song so I, I, I love the structure of this. I think the chord progression is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And and I think you're right that the uh, the chorus with the the flat seven and the flat third, those that that really is very striking. And I know you said you don't use metaphor a lot. I, I tend to I probably use metaphor as a crutch probably way too much. So <laughs> I was I was enjoying that aspect. I enjoy the heck out of it because I don't use metaphors. Yeah, so it's kind of a novelty that way. Matter of fact, I had to have a couple of English majors really tell me what metaphor meant. Yeah. And that, and that's not easy for because it's different for each person anyway. So, sure. Uh, yeah. I did, I did start this song after I started getting a couple of those lines. I really wanted to be have the metaphors come through. A little better and that may be an, another place or two where I could do some more metaphor like work so. well so you you had mentioned at the at the top of the top of the interview you had mentioned what the uh, the tuning was mm -hmm. what was the tuning for this again? this is CG CG CD I call it C sus 2 tuning 
Okay. It does not have a gender. It is not male or female. It is not minor <laughs> or major. I, I always like to bring gender into it because um, when you open up a guitar like this, for instance, a lot of people have used CGCGCE, which pushes you into a major key. Mm. It's very difficult to play a minor key when you've got a mi major third in your song. I'm going to do theory now. So when you drop that E down to D, it gives you a nine, a ninth or a second in the scale. Hmm. And it gives you the opportunity to put one finger down and play a major chord and put, move it down one fret and play a minor chord. It opens up the palette. It's a, it's a blank palette now. And I just love that part of it. I, I'm always jazzed out about that. Well, so now is that one of the, the tunings that that's kind of a standard tuning for you that you use frequently? Or did you, did you kind of consider several different types of tunings to work with while writing this song? In this case, I actually had a guitar set up in this tuning, and I just picked it up and started playing with it. And uh, if you saw the chords, the chord patterns on, on the song, maybe I'll play this so you can see the, uh, the guitar some, one of the times we get together again. Yeah. You'll see that it's, it's pretty, there's a lot of three-finger block chords together, hmm. um, but they sing because of the drone notes that are flowing through on the, on the strings. So it's, it, it just makes, it just gives my, it gives me a really good taste in my mouth about the fact that my palate is really clean. And, and I'm just being able to, I, I've never been a painter in my life, but I understand a blank palette. Yeah. I do. Well, this was, this was such a great song. I, I really thank you so much for sharing it, and thank you for writing it for the show. All right, so I wrote a song this last week, and it was based on that, uh, the question about what would you want to be an expert at in life. I actually was under the impression at the beginning of the the week that that Bill was maybe gonna not do a prompt at all, um, or not 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 try to work off that. So I actually started working on a song. Uh, just, just, just going with the flow, and then I got stuck, and I was like, well, maybe maybe Bill did pick a prompt, so I'm gonna check in with him and see if that gives me any any type of guidance on where to go next. Uh -huh. And uh, in fact, the the song that I wrote is, is talks a, a lot about not knowing where to go. So it did help once you told me what quote you did, even if even if that wasn't even use if it. you use that as kind of a, a negative inspiration um, for your song. And so anyway, I'm going to play it here. This is called My Expertise. And I, I should also confess that I give every episode, I give the guests these guidelines, these, these, these deadlines to get me materials. In theory, I'm supposed to get them the same materials. I'm supposed to get them my song and a lyric sheet to them at the same time. However, every single episode, I have been late. So... <laughs> So I don't know. I, I guess maybe that I'm not sure if that makes me a hypocrite or or what. But uh, um, I, I've definitely been running super late today, and uh, it makes you a busy person, is what it is. There we go. I I like that. That's a good excuse. It's better than saying. Lazy. I'll give that to you. You can so. keep that. <laughs> all right, all right. This is uh, this is the song that I wrote. My challenge song this week called "My Expertise."
Well, I got my diploma. Yeah, I got my degree. But they won't tell you what's inside of me. Well, I took all the tests and I passed the exams. I still don't know if I'm blessed or if I'm damned. Well, I can't say with confidence where I'll be two years hence. The truth and consequences yet to be. Don't know which way to go. Don't know how to leave. And I can't run away. Don't know where I came from. Don't know my destination. Have I gone astray? Still got my diploma, still got my degree, well I still don't know just who I'll be. Don't know which way to go, don't know how to live, but I can't run away. Get up there with that falsetto. Woo-hoo. That was um, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, I, I have a very different uh, work style uh, than you, because this is, 
I, I have been pretty busy lately because I, I stupidly decided... This is the third podcast I, I started doing. The other two are totally nerdy, geeky stuff. has nothing to do with songwriting. Uh, but this one, just because this has been the focus of my life for the last decade or so, uh, I, you know, I decided I probably should do a podcast uh, about songwriting. And, and you know, in COVID times, it's the kind of the perfect platform for that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. But I have bitten off more than I can chew. I, 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 I've been entirely too busy. And so what I've been doing is I thought I would have more time to work on these, these songs and it hasn't really worked that way. What, what I've been doing is when I have my exercise routine, I, I try to spend an hour every day outside of the house, at least an hour every day outside of the house to give my uh, housemate some time alone. And uh, I just go exercise. And when I'm exercising, that's when I'm writing the songs. Uh -huh. uh, and, and that's, that's actually a longstanding thing of mine. I used to do that. I would go out on a walk specifically to try to find a song. And that was definitely the case here. I have been finding for these challenge songs every week that the music has been coming a lot easier than the lyrics for uh -huh. whatever reason. Uh, and I'm not sure... I'm not sure why that is, because that's not always the case. It used to be that it was always kind of the... Well, they would come at the same time. The lyrics... Usually I'd play around with some words, and the rhythm of the words would suggest a melody. Uh -huh. And and then I would write a song, uh, kind of the music and the, I, and the, and the words at the same time. That has not been the case recently. But that's how this was going. And, and like I said, I, I wasn't sure exactly what... If I was working from a prompt or not. And so I... I, I kind of see this a little bit as a COVID song as well. Uh -huh. The I don't know, uh, don't know which way to go and, right. and don't know how to leave. I, I feel like that was kind of keying into that frustration that's going on right now uh, that a lot of us feel. Uh -huh. What would you say your form is on this? It's like... Uh, yeah, it's a little goofy. It's, it's different. I think that's what gives it some charm, though, too. You did have a bridge... I think there's a bridge in there. Well, this is the tricky thing because I think the um, the chorus, which I consider to be "Don't know which way to go, don't know uh -huh. how to," you know, I consider that to be the chorus. Yeah. Uh, and the the verse is a is a modestly modified version of the chorus. And okay. in fact, when I originally started writing it, I was thinking, well, can I get away with the verse just being me singing an octave down? from the chorus which would be an octave high so that was how i was almost thinking i would just do basically a chorus followed by a bridge because to me the um where was it well i can't say with confidence where i'll be two years hence i repeat that right after the chorus and that but that's also the the transition from the verse to the chorus so it's kind of a weird one it's kind of like verse bridge chorus bridge and then there is a genuine bridge there is a real break there yeah. is a third theme that i got comes that in there. i got that but that was not i i originally conceived of the uh as the sections differently so it, it so yeah this is a very odd format and i and i changed things also the third verse chorus progression I have it written here differently, and there was when I was recording it, I decided to do it a different way at the last minute. Uh, uh -huh. So that's why it's out of order there. 
For my self critique, I'll tell you though that's 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 part of what I'm going to be looking at is what is this actual structure? I'm not I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, though, you're you've got universal uh, things here. Everybody can relate to this, don't you think? Yeah, I I think it does sound universal, and I I think I told you that I kind of lean on metaphor a little bit much, and uh -huh. sometimes the more universal you get, the more it it just is a metaphor, right? Uh huh. I'd kind of like to put some more school imagery in there, a little bit more about education and learning, a little bit more language about that. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know if the the chorus as it stands, once I decided that I wanted to have kind of a education motif, I don't know that the chorus should stay the way that it is. Uh-huh. I, 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 that's one thing I'm going to be kind of flagging there and maybe adding, because that's a whole block of things that really doesn't have any educational kind of references in there, any no. types of words. And maybe that's nice. Maybe it's okay to have a break from that. I, I don't know. But Well, the, the the frustration comes through in those parts. Yeah, yeah. The inherent frustration with that entire lyric. The you know from not knowing you don't know what, what you're doing. Yeah. And so, so maybe that stays. I mean, maybe it's compelling enough that even maybe the, you know, cause the verses, I think somebody once described like the chorus can be a bumper sticker. It doesn't necessarily have to be the most enriched language. You know, it, it, sometimes simple is, is much better and you can get those details in the verses and elsewhere in the song. Uh -huh. and that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So that, so maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see what you come up when you figure out what this form really is, because it's going to take a little more investigation, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little discombobulated right at the moment. Which is just perfect for the lyric, though. That's true. That's if you a good had point. it figured out, then yeah, this this wouldn't work probably. So interesting. So you think the form kind of follows the the function here? Or, I believe or the, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good input. That's good input. So I may, maybe I should keep it that way. Musically, musically, I love everything about it, especially going in the high area there, because you just—that's when you're doing your shout. It's pretty good. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I could, I could take another uh, tuning or two, and I could change this. I, maybe I'll look at your lyric and decide to do something with it too. Hey, not, be, not because I'm in competition with you, just because it's fun. Oh, sure. Well, this is you're you're such a a much more accomplished uh, guitarist than I am. I, I there there are times if I've got a lot of time to really work out an arrangement, I can sometimes come up with something that's interesting. But uh -huh. this was definitely a case where I I got my chunka chunka uh, strumming yeah. that I do because I don't play with a pick. And it sounds, you know, the fingernails make it sound kind of weird. And there was no escaping that because I didn't feel like it was a finger-picking song. Uh -huh. um, if I'd had more time, I I know in some of the songs, I think the first song that I did for the podcast, I actually recorded just a rhythm guitar and then I overlaid a little bit of lead stuff on it, which I'm not a great lead guitarist. But yeah, I don't have a guitar arrangement right now that, that supports this well enough, I don't think. <laughs> but it's fun yeah. though it's fun it's a it's fun to sing i'll tell you that it's a real fun one to sing yeah i bet i bet it stretches you for sure 
Yeah, yeah. I, it took me, I spent so much time trying to figure out what was the right key for this and, and shifting that capo around and and working it out. I That must be, um, well, you you probably, since you've been doing this since you were five years old, you, you probably know all the keys inside and out, which ones that work best for you and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, for you mean vocally? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got my favorites. I, I I sing a lot in E flat, and a lot of times you'll know that because, for instance, if I if I'm using Dadgad D A D G A D tuning, you'll see it almost every time. You'll see a full capo on the first fret, which pushes it into E flat automatically. Uh -huh. And be, and I don't do it. Sometimes I don't do it on purpose, but when I start singing with that. It just falls right into place, and that's probably going to change too over the over the next ten or fifteen years because I'm going to lose more of this voice because we all do. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's it's holding up pretty well so far. So I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm going to be I'm optimistic. Happy. I'm going to be optimistic, and I think you're you're gonna you're gonna keep your voice going for a long time here. Well, I tell you, one of the fun the, one of the more fun things about a lot of the songs that I'm doing now is I'm taking them down a half step, a full step, sometimes a step and a half, and I'm finding that it gives me a different resonance in, in, vocally, and I love that. I love uh -huh. being able to do that. Um, I've even taken some songs that were they had to be capo on three. And just took the capo off and sang the song, and it would change. It would sometimes change the song as far as the the way I was uh, portraying it, bringing it across. And it's like uh, it's just another fun thing to do. Well, I, I like I, I kind of do the same thing, but for different reasons. I have um, my guitar is is I, I keep it down tuned to full step. Okay. And. And what the reason I do that is because I want to get that thumb bass. I want to get a nice deeper thumb bass. But I've found that uh, I'm a baritone, and a lot of popular songs are written for tenors. Tenors, yep. And yep. so, I, I, when I was learning cover songs, uh, or when I when I have learned cover songs, I find that sometimes I can just pop that capo off. Uh, and if I keep it a full step below, then it, it just ends up being perfect for my voice. So my, my voice uh -huh. just hits the, the sweet spot. So, and then I don't have to change anything. I don't have to go through the process of uh, transposing and figuring out what the other chords are. Cause I'm sure. not, I, I don't have that scientific, uh, musical mind like you do. You're, I, I just imagine you looking at a guitar and you've got all these, these uh, geometric shapes showing up in your in your head and you're kind of figuring out you know what's the the alternate tuning I'm going to be doing it does happen like that a lot especially when I when you use a tuning like that and then throw a couple three capos down on it because it it'll it'll just show you something to play with I'll admit I'm intimidated whenever I see you demonstrate how you're doing your alternate tunings and you have these well, like you said, sometimes three capos. How, what's the most number of capos that you've thrown on your guitar? Well, critical mass is four capos. Uh, wow. There's only six strings, so uh, yeah. if you had more than four... Well, one time I had uh, Butch Morgan was playing at a house concert in Wiley, Texas, and he knew that I had a lot of capos with me. And at one point during a show, he, he said, Bill, give me some of your capos. I gave him seven capos, and he had two or three. He got another one from a couple other people, and then he put them on each fret. And he got to the 11th fret, and he put a full capo down there. 
which meant <laughs> all that stuff was useless. It wasn't doing anything. We took pictures of it, so I've got that to for posterity. Very nice. But uh, he was making fun of me. But also, if you if you put a if you put more than four capos down, you're just playing. You're just yeah. goofing around. But uh, well, I played that uh, Painted Pony song for you guys. Uh, I think it was last time we met uh -huh. the songwriters thing. And that that's a four capo song, and and that allows me to play one finger chords through the entire thing. So there's reasons why it why it works. I, I would love to, I would love to experiment with alternate tunings, but I'm kind of scared to to take my one guitar and put it out of tuning, and because I yeah. I have a You're fear of never being able to get it one. back. So I want to get like a travel guitar or something just so I can play with alternate tunes. Forget about that car and just get two or three more guitars. Oh, you have no idea. I've been thinking about all these other pieces of equipment <laughs> to spend that money yeah. on. And so far I've had I've had willpower because I know eventually I'm going to need that car again. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> I've got three guitars in this room right now, and each of them are tuned to a different tuning. So That's if great. I that, if I get Dad Gad Feely, I go grab the Dad Gad one. Nice, nice. I go standard every once in a while, and then I'll go over here. It's uh, my girlfriend doesn't like it too much because I, I'm messy. I leave stuff out a lot, but. Well, you know what? If if the mess that you got in your your place is just a bunch of guitars strewn about, that's not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> not so bad at all. Yeah. Well, I think we we uh, you know I like we've both of the songs. We've gone off the track pretty good. We've gone off the track pretty. We've good. gone off the track, but no, that's good. I, I think a meandering conversation is a great way to go, and uh, we covered all the territory. I, I want to say, uh, just I I really like both the songs that we came up with for the challenge songs. So thank you so much for 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 indulging me in my uh, my little challenge here. Um, and thank you, thank you for letting me go away from it too. Because... Absolutely. I thought about it hard time. I had three good examples to to choose from, and I just it's I just uh, no. I, I think a negative negative inspiration is is totally legit. Absolutely, I think if that as long as you don't beat yourself up about it. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. I and that's not what this is about. I I've been trying to tell people. I. I yeah, just telling people it's like you don't have to. You can pick one, a combination of the one of the prompts, a combination of the prompts, or you can just go your own way, and and that's fun. It's all about songwriting, and you know I think it's interesting to talk to people that you know if they don't work well with prompts, I, I think that's an interesting conversation. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for having it with me. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know is uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, well, I get about 18 more months of uh, uh, my disability payments before I turn 65. And when I turn 65, I lose half my income. So in about 18 months, I'm going to try to, I'm going to be putting a lot more uh, irons in the fire for teaching, for getting this uh, information out into the world. I'm going to probably end up trying to build a Patreon kind of thing because, uh, I've been amazed at how Patreon actually has helped a lot of the musicians I know stay alive right now. Yeah, yeah. There's no gigs. Um, I just, I've been playing a show a month on Facebook Live. It comes off of my Bill Nash uh, Facebook page. And uh, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. It's kind of weird doing a show and, and not having anybody, you know, making noise. 
Yeah. Zoom is wonderful for that if you can teach everybody to uh, unmute and mute when they're supposed to. Yeah, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. And, and it's, uh, but having, I, I don't need, actually, I, I've been telling people for years, I, uh, people say, how much do you practice? And I say, no, I, you know, I don't practice at all. I actually, when I sit down with a guitar in my living room, I'm performing. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bunch of people in front of me, and they're all listening intently to what I'm doing, and I, I do the things like, uh, I've been to many of Vance Gilbert's uh, performance workshops, and I do his spiel when I'm alone, sitting here on the couch playing for nobody. Because they're there, I see them. When I'm playing, I'm acknowledging them. I'm, I'm just. So my my uh, performance chops are pretty good. I I feel pretty comfortable with. I've never had. I've rarely had a time when I was nervous in playing music. It was just going to happen. So that's a great way to uh, do but it. But that's that's my that's my future. Is basically when I lose half my income after I turn 65 and have to just live off of Social Security. I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to be performing as much as I can. So maybe down the road, uh, some folks ought to be looking for me because I'm going to need their help. Well, if somebody wanted to uh, buy one of your CDs, how would they go about doing that? Basically, if you go out on iTunes and, and those kind of things, you can find the MP3s out there. Um, I do have a box set of four CDs. I have my three studio CDs and a... Uh, cover CD that I, I used to I used to go into the studio and play my favorite cover tunes and, uh, and just to have them recorded because I love being able to show people a performance that they've never seen before songs that they've never seen before and uh, and that's another thing when I, when people ask me in uh, uh, songwriting workshops what what's the, what's a good thing to do I, I tell them the first thing you need to do when you're just starting out is go out there and find about 200 of the best songs you've ever heard Dylan anybody you know all those people Michael Michael Smith all those people and learn them and what will invariably happen is as you're trying to emulate the singer-songwriters style and what they've done with their with their songs you're going to end up incorporating some of what you've gotten from them. They won't ever sound like the original, yeah. But yeah. but it it just builds that tool chest a little more. You got more uh, styles you can work through. Um, that's just the only thing I ever tell anybody that asks me about songwriting is go out and learn a bunch of cover tunes, because I've got about four hundred off the top of my head that I can do. And wow. And when I need when I need some inspiration, I'll go and just play one of those songs, and it it does it for me. Huh. Well, so if somebody wants to just throw money at you, do you have a PayPal account or a Venmo? I do. I have a PayPal account. My uh, it's a PayPal dot me uh, slash p u t s i e c a t putsy cat. That's my record label. I've never had a record label, but that's what I called it. It was your website is putsycat.com. Putsycat.com. And okay. the, uh, the putsy thing was my kitty that I had for 17 and a half years. She, she, uh, matter of fact, I had two cats for 33 years, just two cats. They lived with me that long. Wow. But putsy was my original. And, uh, that's my PayPal one. And everybody misspells it. So that may mess up. But on Venmo, <laughs> 
I'm Bill-Nash-1414. All right. So, yeah, I love tips if I can get them. So definitely send some money his way because uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be needing it in eighteen months was it eighteen months yeah. eighteen months all right I'm really not more than forty eight but I'm sixty three it's crazy all right folks we will be back next week with one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever met Susan Van Heslin yeah. and uh, in the meantime I'm going to post her. Uh, the prompts that I'll be issuing to her probably tomorrow or Saturday on social media. You can check that out at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I really want to get people involved in this. Uh, I'm going to be posting these prompts. So if you want to play along, uh, I encourage you to take one of those prompts, write a song. If you want to post it as a comment on one of the uh, episodes uh, that uh, I post about, then feel free to do that. Or if you'd like to send it to me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com, you know, we might actually play it on the show and uh, talk about that at the same time. So, all right, folks, until next week, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. Well, I got my diploma. Yeah, I got my degree. But they won't tell you what's inside of me well i took all the tests and i passed the exams i still don't know